Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve weekly podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. So let's get going. In this episode, we are basically answering a question from one of our listeners. Her name is Jody James, who was recently promoted to a manager position. She's now leading a team, and her question is, how do I create a feedback-friendly culture among my team members, and where do I start? That's an awesome question, and I believe many new managers feel the same way. Now that you have a team and you are a strong believer of continuous improvement, how will you start to ensure that your team members will subscribe to the same values? I remember one of my hiking trips to Machu Picchu a few years back. I've always loved hiking, and I have three other friends who share the same passion. We normally hike together, and we travel to so many places just to hike. In a really small group, just the four of us, we have known each other so well, and we even hiked at the same pace. However, the trip was quite different as this time around, we decided to join another group of hikers. Altogether, there were 10 of us on this mission to have a great time hiking Machu Picchu. Obviously, this was quite a new experience to me in that it was a bigger group and I was meeting new people for the first time. We had an amazing track leader, fun, fast, and flamboyant, who quickly put all of us at ease. Still, in the beginning, as one of the team members, there were a lot of things going on in my mind, like, how are these people like? Would I be able to enjoy things that I normally enjoy on a hiking trip? Or would I be just putting the effort to keep pace with them? What if I were too slow and could not keep up? Would they be angry with me? These are some of the doubts and insecurities that I felt as a team member. I believe in any new team, a manager can expect similarities to these types of doubt and insecurities. So how would you as a manager create a really great environment and experience for your team members to perform? Here's the thing. The critical component of this is really about creating a unique environment for your team members. An environment that has these characteristics. Number one, your team members feeling safe engaging in feedback sessions. Number two, your team members trusting the desired key outcome of feedback is solely for continuous improvement. And number three, your team members being ready to give as well as receive feedback in compliance with their department's rules of engagement. You can create such unique environment that I just mentioned by doing the following. Number one, establish readiness to engage in a feedback session. Number two, demonstrate readiness to secure trust from team members. Number three, coach team members to give and receive feedback. And number four, continuously improve the feedback process. Let's take the first one from the list that I've just mentioned. Establish readiness to engage in a feedback session. How do you go about doing that? Well, some considerations will include 
you should clearly establish the objectives and rules of engagement for giving and receiving feedback. The main objectives of feedback are to reinforce good behaviors and to rectify bad behaviors. The rules of engagement will include number one, being open and respectful, number two, focusing on the performance actions and behaviors, number three, avoiding personal attack, number four, discussing what's working, what's not, and what should be done differently. Number five, agreeing on immediate and future action items to reinforce and rectify behaviors. And number six, following up on the progress of executions on a periodic basis. You have to work on this template, communicate and demonstrate to your team members to make sure that they fully understand and are on the same page with you. Your team members need to see it to believe it. You have to demonstrate that you are delivering on everything that you say a safe environment solely for continuous improvement. And the tool to do that is a feedback process. How would you address number two, Lisa? How would you demonstrate what you have said so that you can secure trust from team members? Just like what you said, Sal, that your team needs to see it to believe it. That makes everything that we say as managers important as our team will not only remember the words, but also whether you as their manager is able to carry it through. Much like what you've covered, I have three rules of engagement and they are number one, be authentic, be real. Trust is established when you're able to act on what you've said or committed to. Now you're only going to be able to commit to a certain course of action if you are real and authentic about it. Now, not just in terms of your own values, but also in the genuineness of that priority. For example, if I do not believe in a certain course of action, even if I used eloquent words to verbalize it, I will not be pursuing it to completion when the going gets tough because simply my heart or commitment level was not there. People can see and sense that. As the saying goes, people follow leaders who are real and not just right. Number two, accountability. There needs to be accountabilities for the actions and commitments that are agreed upon. Accountabilities work both ways, which means it is not just you as the manager holding your team accountable, but your team holding you as their manager accountable as well. Number three, a safe and secure environment for feedback. Discussions, whether it is feedback-centric or not, or where disagreements come about, people will need to feel safe that it can take place. Safe that there will be no repercussions and an environment where being open and respectful is welcome and in fact encouraged. An environment where mature discussions can take place based on facts and not just emotions or opinions. Now, one of the hardest misconceptions to break is that disagreements or arguments are bad. The reality is we need to challenge one another. And yes, disagreements happen, because we are individually different. The key to it is that we are able to come to a point of agreement which leads to commitment to the execution of the joint plan. The reality is that there are no two person who will have the same plan and definitely no two person who will be executing the plan in the exact same way. We need to be able to differentiate between method of execution and the goals or outcomes that we've set forth. Trust needs time to develop, and I think one of the best ways of developing trust 
is when we are in the trenches together and working through a program as a team and achieving success as a team at the end of it. Now, one of my best memories was a time when I was in Microsoft. Now, as a business, financially, we were missing a lot of the revenue targets due to a tough economic situation. A few of us got together and came up with a campaign which we called Safe and Be Safe. Now, that campaign turned the business around. But more importantly, it established a trust environment, not just within our respective teams, but also across the different business units at that time. Now, I believe that the true nature of a team is only revealed when the going gets tough and the team responds as a team and not individuals. Now, that kind of success can only take place when feedback is at the heart of any and all discussions. That's a really great insight, Lisa. Now is the perfect time to talk about point number three, which is coaching team members to give and receive feedback. The foundation for this is really to have a campaign on giving and receiving feedback. For instance, you can create some campaign such as Make an Impact Campaign that will run for 90 days with a 30-day milestone for measurements. The campaign calls for each of your team member to select a feedback buddy. And what they need to do is to give and receive feedback on specific situations. Act on that respective feedback and articulate the impact of such action. Upon completion of your campaign or in parallel during campaign, coach your team members on how to give and receive feedback. Create a few case studies for them to practice. Get them to practice the following step by step. When giving feedback, number one, focus on the performance action or result and not the person. Never accuse the employee. Number two, provide feedback on a timely basis, but not too immediate. If any party has strong emotions lingering. Number three, provide coaching guidance, but also seek feedback on the said guidance. Number four, close the feedback session with the salient learning points so that your team members grow from the experience. And next, when receiving feedback, here are some of the pointers. Point number one, focus on the main objective of feedback, which is to reinforce or rectify behavior. Do not take it personally. Point number two, listen well and ask questions when you need clarifications. Point number three, assume good intentions from the person giving feedback. Point number four, ask what needs to be done differently. And point number five, Thank the person giving you feedback, summarize your learning points, and execute the agreed action items. And Lisa, moving on, how will you ensure continuity of the feedback process? You're right, Sal. To establish a feedback culture, there must be a continuous process that takes place. It should be built into everything that we do, whether it is part of a planning process, campaign execution, or at the end of a meeting. My typical process involves three categories. Number one, one-on-one -on -one meetings. This is usually scheduled monthly where the discussion centers around what is going well and areas of improvement. Feedback is baked into that session and it's feedback both ways, which means my feedback to the team member and vice versa. Much like what you have shared, the key fundamentals are always followed in that feedback must be specific impact and implications clearly discussed, 
and we have a time scheduled for solution-seeking and agreement. Number two, team meetings. Now, depending on what the scheduled meeting is about, feedback around programs or campaigns would certainly be discussed as a group. Individual-based feedback resulting from the meetings could be done separately, and like you, the timeliness of the feedback would be dependent on the situation. Number three, ad hoc feedback. Now, this is fairly rare, but there are situations where it is necessary because of the urgency or critical nature of the situation. For example, bad or inappropriate behavior needs to be addressed immediately. Now, in summary, the feedback culture needs to be baked into as many interaction points as possible. One of the benefits is that when it is baked into meetings, it is inevitably holding people accountable. When people are aware that their actions or behaviors are being noticed, it is a forcing function to be committed to the change process. So far, we have talked about approaches to create feedback-friendly culture in your department. A quick recap, your four key steps are Number one, establish readiness to engage in a feedback session. Number two, demonstrate readiness to secure trust from team members. Number three, coach team members to give and receive feedback. And number four, continuously improve the feedback process. Another point that I would like to add is, it is very important for you to step back once in a while and check the comfort index of your subordinates in giving feedback to you as their boss. For those whom you feel are not at the aspired comfort index yet, you may want to spend a little bit more time to secure their trust to give and receive feedback. And this is a continuous process and you just need to keep on doing it every day and apply the right intervention when necessary. What's your approach, Lisa, to ensure that your subordinates have the right comfort index to give direct feedback to you as their manager? So that's a great term, right comfort index. There definitely needs to be in place a comfort index before the team is able to give you, as the manager, feedback. I believe there are basically two key elements. Number one, consistency. As a manager, you're being evaluated every second of the day through what you say and do, and in fact, every change of your body language is probably noticed. We all have the ability to sense when someone is in a good or bad mood. This will certainly influence the comfort index of any feedback session. The more consistent you are with what you say and do, the higher the comfort index for your team, as they will have a certain level of certainty and predictability with regards to your response and reaction. Number two, time. Now, trust is a key factor in the comfort index, and therefore it is over time that it is developed. If you are an authentic leader, time will certainly prove it. No one is able to fake a behavior for a long period of time. The level of engagement that you will have with your team is the result of the above two function, as the more consistent you are with your response and decision-making, the more predictable you will be to your team, which will lead to a higher comfort level. And this is only going to take place over time. I know that we have covered a lot of content, and so let me summarize the key points. To build a feedback culture in your team, there are three key components. Number one, establishing a safe and secure environment for feedback to take place. Now, this can be achieved through dedicated feedback sessions with clear rules of engagement for giving and receiving feedback. Number two, develop readiness and skills in the team to be able to give and receive feedback. Now, this can be achieved through training, 
coaching, and obviously ongoing practical applications. Number three, feedback comfort index, which essentially means building trust through consistent action, business rhythms, and over a period of time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that you have had taken away at least one aha moment that you're able to implement or act upon. In our next episode, we will be covering blind spots and the role that feedback plays to reveal them. As always, please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you would like to learn next and give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on what we are doing. Check out our websites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. Take care and remember, you're not alone in your struggle as a manager.